Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Clementi, and today we're fortunate to have Hillary Doe, Chief Growth Officer for the state of Michigan. Welcome to the show, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, I've been excited. I've been, I know I've talked to you a couple of times already ahead of time just because I was excited about doing this podcast because, you know, it is such a challenge of what you're doing and it's so exciting in a lot of ways and challenging. But uh, so why don't you sort of give us like, I'm sure you're already running into a gazillion people and they want to know what you do and they don't want a long answer. What do you usually tell them? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you know, from the announcement, um, I'm Michigan's first chief growth officer, but also it's the first chief growth officer position any state has named. Um, So we are, it's understandable that folks are asking that question. Certainly my mandate um, in short is to really grow Michigan's population. And to do that, we have to grow the population, boost the economy, and also make sure we're telling our story to everybody here in Michigan and across the country that Michigan is a great place to call home. So the tools that we've got to do that really include you know, any policy reforms that we think we need to make or take on. The Growing Michigan Together Council is really helping us paint a strategic direction in that regard. Any, you know, initiatives or programs or pilots that we want to try that we think we need to um, push forward in order to engage in, you know, effective talent retention and attraction, as well as a marketing and branding mandate to tell our story. And again, you know, paint Michigan in the center of, you know, one of the top options for folks um, when they think about a place to call home. So we want to retain and, and attract folks back to our state. Yeah. And I mean, like in general, what do you think was the underlying sort of passion? Because I know that uh, if it's the only one in the country, uh, there must be something unique. And I, I think, you know, as a former legislator, and that was an issue because we'd either lose congressional seats or we sure. or we might lose federal funding sometimes, you know, based on per capita kind of things. But so is that what kind of drove this or has there been other things, too, you think? Yeah, you know, Michigan's one of 18 states, about 34% of states that have been seeing declines, and there are many more that have been seeing population stagnation. You know, it's a whole new world, how folks evaluate places, what they're looking for in the place that they choose to call home. Um, You know, in the old world, you sort of make jobs, people come. I think we're seeing that that's changed a lot. Folks are looking for, um, you know, a really diverse offering. They want a welcoming place. They want a strong economic story, and they want a beautiful city or community. Um, Michigan obviously has natural beauty in spades. We have a right to be at the vanguard of this green transformation of our economy. Um, so we have a lot going for us. And it is, you know, a welcoming place, both, you know, in terms of welcoming diverse populations. But we've been seeing our star rise as well in our rankings in terms of, you know, great places to do business. So I think we have a good offering here. But um, we have to basically by naming this position and also naming the Growing Michigan Together Council, I think what the governor was doing is sig- signaling to the rest of the country that, you know, this is a problem a lot of states have, but we're going to be the ones to take it on. So we do have, you know, a first mover advantage here um, in terms of, you know, looking across the country at good examples in different cities and different locations, dreaming about the kind of Michigan we want to build together, and then attempting to really tackle that comprehensively, not just sort of one bite at the apple at a time, but really build a comprehensive strategy here um, to do, as you said, a hard thing 
and, you know, reverse these population trends uh, to the benefit of all Michiganders. So, um, you know, I think that's the real value here in the approach, that pretty comprehensive, holistic picture. Yeah. And you said country, but I think you and I, when we've talked before, we're actually talking internationally because right. this is a problem. I mean, obviously, Japan or South Korea are good examples of where they're having declining populations. So it is a it is a like like we're in competition globally sort of for this talent as well. Right. Sure. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, one way to put it right is that in order to grow our population, we have to win the net migration battle. And that includes international migration and the decisions that folks are making about where to locate internationally and also the domestic migration battle. Right now, Michigan is seeing positive growth in um, international migration, but we're an outflow state. So more folks right now are leaving Michigan than are coming here. And so when we look at sort of the levers of the scale, we can think about, you know, in getting even better at international migration and reversing the trend on domestic. And, you know, once the find, you know, let's get back to your path a little bit. Yeah. You came here uh, via New York, right? Uh, I was in Brooklyn, yeah, for Brooklyn, a long time. And in 18. How, how long were you there for? I moved back in 2018. I was gone for almost a decade out of the state, yeah, um, prior to moving back. And you're from Monroe, right? Yep. I grew up in Monroe County, um, went to school at Erie Mason High School. So shout out to the Eagles. And <laughs> no, no. <laughs> went to undergrad and grad school at U of M, undergrad and um, got my master's degree at, at U of M as well. Um, so yeah, that was sort of my path within the state. And, you know, come from a long line of Michiganders. My parents were both public school teachers in Monroe County. Um, but before them, they have these really Michigan stories. My grandfather on my dad's side was an engineer at Jeep, for example. Um, and my uh, grandparents, my mom's side actually migrated up here from Virginia uh, my grandpa worked in a paper mill and my grandma actually was uh, a Rosie the Riveter at the Willow Run factory oh, yeah. during World War II. So just this sort of I grew up in a family that loved Michigan and um, cared a lot about our natural beauty, really prioritized that as an important part of, you know, my upbringing, as well as the cost of living, you know, being the daughter of two public school teachers who built a great life. And I had all the opportunities I could have wanted. That isn't a given in, in every place across the country, especially today. So that's definitely part of our story, too. This sort of equal opportunity. And Michigan has grown and thrived historically when we're, you know, building shared prosperity. And I'm a big fan of Monroe just because I live downriver. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people from downriver do a lot of things. We go to Calder's Farms and, you know, we yeah. visit all those places. And if your dad was working at Jeep, that was probably down in Toledo at that point. My dad's dad. Yeah. And my dad's dad dad actually did a stint, I think, hanging doors, if I remember correctly, at Jeep, you know, before he had me. So um, it was definitely in the family. Um, Yeah. And you came here um, uh, from the Nation Builder. Why don't you tell us what Nation Builder was? Because I know that helped get you this position, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. So my sort of first act in my career was actually in public policy. I got my master's degree in public policy and um, was national director of a think tank working on mostly economic issues. So economic, closing the gap for economic inequality that was based in New York. Um, And I was there for a long time. Honestly, the most inspirational part of it, I think, is worth saying because it's so relevant to the population work, which is that we had chapters, about 100 chapters across the country of mostly young folks who were identifying challenges in their local communities, writing public policy solutions to solve them, and then getting them implemented. It was so 
compelling and inspiring to see folks do that in hundreds of communities across the country. And also to see sort of the growth of ideas, like a great idea spring up in New Haven that could be spread to other communities that were a lot like it. It's really relevant to the population work because we're in this um, listening phase where we're listening in communities across the state. What do folks love about the place that they are? What do they want for their future? What kind of Michigan should we be building together? And it feels really reminiscent of that time at Roosevelt when we were building policy agendas, um, you know, with community input. But after that, I made quite a pivot into tech. Uh, I didn't think I'd be a tech executive and then ended up being there for almost 10 years, ended up being president at Nation Builder. And we existed really to lower barriers to access um, for advocacy for communities around the world. So we're a global company. Whether you wanted to get a speed bump removed for your community or build a movement um, around any issue in, in your state, um, we really wanted to ensure that folks had access to the tools that they needed in order to accomplish that. And again, that has felt really relevant in this population work that we're really thoughtful about how to ensure access and representation and that we're paying a lot of attention to not just the policy, but also the engagement, messaging, marketing, branding and movement building around Michigan, because it's really going to take both continuous improvement on the like product that is Michigan to make it an even better place to call home and really telling our story aloud and proud to folks in the state across the country and to your point around the world. And, you know, not to paraphrase you, but, uh, you know, these are sort of like self soft algorithms you're sort of building, right? Because it's not like hardcore analytics, but it still is somewhat anecdotal based to the point where they become repetitive. And that's probably in your previous job, you would see repetitive things like that, that you said, ah, so that's why we need to listen to this. And, you know, yeah. maybe... Does that help or is that my there's so much textured? Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, there's so much textured information in, you know, witnessing individual actions taking place, but then also being able to zoom out and say, oh, I can see that pattern. I can see that intervention really having impact in all kinds of contexts. Um, and yeah, I think that's definitely what we're up to here in part, right? Listening carefully to the differences between what rural communities are worried about, what challenges they're facing, what they're what they're hoping to become in the next decades, and also what our cities are saying, and then finding commonality as well, so we can think about the policy interventions that will sort of lift all boats um, across the state as we're driving towards this ambitious goal to grow Michigan's population. Yeah, let's talk about that because obviously, um, yep, it's a statewide initiative. So, yep. I, let's let's maybe like blending a little bit about your board, just the geographic size of it. And why yep. don't you just start off by mentioning who your two co-chairs are? Yep. So we have um, the Growing Michigan Together Council was announced the same day my position was announced. And I'm acting as executive director on that council. Uh, they have a big charge. They're meant to produce recommendations um, to provide to the governor by just the first, the beginning of December, basically. Um, so in order to get that done- this year. Of this year. So that's it's only right. like a couple of months, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're in the sprint. So um, you know, the governor named the chairs who are meant to represent, you know, a really bipartisan commitment to this effort because it's gonna take a while, right? It's gonna take our commitment in terms of our strategy and we don't want it to be fickle. We wanna really get this done for Michiganders. So Ambassador John Ricolta and Governor Shirley Stincato, a governor at Wayne State, um, are our co chairs. 
Um, and then we took on the task of building as much as we could a really broad based um, group of experts and a lot of with a lot of regional representation and also youth representation, because obviously attracting and retaining young folks is going to be important. So we ended up with a council of, you know, about 27 members, including some of the non-voting members um, and work groups, about 18 people each across four work groups. So taken together, you know, we have a nearly 100 folks who are, are working on that. And that's even before we include all the people we're engaging in our public engagement efforts. Um, and between now and December, we're taking those on um, head on. So uh, it's looking like we'll do almost 70 events between now and the end of the year with a true desire to get youth representation, regional representation, the stories of Michiganders across our state, as well as putting some polls in the field to hear from folks around the country about you know, why they're choosing to live where they live, what's in the way and what we can do to make Michigan an even, even better place. And so are you physically having yep. to crisscross the state then? <laughs> now to- I'm doing a lot of it. Yeah, I'm logging a lot of miles. Um, but I'm really enjoying it, actually, because like I said, you know, from, you know, data zeros and ones, you can get one story. But actually having really rich conversations with folks in person paints so much texture into, you know, why folks want the outcomes that they want and actually, you know, what they're dreaming about, what they're worried about when they see population declines in rural communities, for example. So it's been incredible so far and we're only getting started. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. How is the mechanism? Are like you're saying that they have to coordinate like these different board members? Are they coordinating their little pockets to say like, like for example, DTE, we're going to be doing this, and is that how it's working? Okay. Oh, you mean for the public engagement or the yeah? Is it just okay. you or are they doing work too? Yeah, got it. This? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I'll t- zoom out for a second just so folks can hear how the recommendations are going to get assembled. So we're divided in four work groups, infrastructure in place, jobs, talent, people, higher ed and pre-K-12 to really look hard at any structural reforms that would help aid us in ensuring that we can retain talent, attract talent and making sure that, you know, our places are ready for, you know, population growth. And we have like a strong foundation for that kind of growth. So um, our work groups are pulling together recommendations to each of those four areas, rolling them up to the council for their deliberation, and they'll produce the RACs by December. But in addition to that, we're parallel processing this public engagement effort. Um, and that's mostly my team stateside. And yeah, we're hosting those events with partner organizations um, across the state. So uh, all our partners are really helping us carry a lot of weight. I keep saying to folks, this is a group project. So um, we need everybody. And, you know, if I can plug one thing today, I would plug for, you know, folks to go to growingmichigan.org. You can submit a story. You can submit an idea. You can submit a policy question and get in touch with us. And we're taking all of those submissions really seriously. They're all going back to the work groups to inform their recommendations. And they're going to help us get to a great outcome here in such a short amount of time. And can you mention, just because I, I yep. know you went, but mention those four groups again. I think that's interesting because yes. if you want people to, I think those four groups kind of give you a good compass heading. Totally. Yep. The four are infrastructure in place, which includes kind of traditional infrastructure, roads and bridges and making sure that we have those foundations in place, but also placemaking. So thinking about our places, our communities, what we need to do to make sure that they can attract and retain talent. They're an asset for us. Um, Pre-K-12, 
which um, obviously is pretty self-explanatory. But when we think about the kind of Michigan we're trying to build here, one thing that you know has become really apparent to me is across the state, thing that I hear from folks is that they know who we are, our history of innovation, that we're makers, that we make real things here in Michigan. And so when we think about our pre-K-12 system, we want to make sure it's always an asset to retention and extraction. And it's also helping us produce, you know, a population of folks who can participate fully in these 21st century opportunities as, you know, makers and creators and entrepreneurs. So that's really critical. Our higher ed group, um, which again has a similar task there around both workforce and affordability, making sure that we have equity of opportunity here. And finally, jobs, talent, and people. So thinking about workforce preparation, talent attraction programs, retention programs, um, and what we need to do to lower barriers to our folks participating, whether that might be, I've, I've heard from our group so far, childcare, thinking about housing. There are lots of sort of friction points that might be in the way. And we want to remove those to make it easy to move to Michigan or stay here in Michigan and have a, a great job and a great quality of life. Yeah, thank you. I, I think that yeah. was really helpful. Um, yeah. So you kind of touched on a few of these things, but what sort of uh, trends do you see that are going to sort of either foster either more challenges for you or yeah. things that might feed into what you're doing? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we have um, some opportunities and some challenges. So both sides of the coin here. Um, what I'm seeing so far, you know, in the data, you can see that we are not currently winning this domestic net migration battle in particular. So we're losing more folks than we're gaining. And in particular, we're losing folks for job related reasons. And a lot of those folks are young folks between 18 and 34, a lot of them with bachelor's degrees who can help us on the plus side really lean into some of the opportunities that we have. We need to keep those folks here in the state so that we can take advantage of some of the economic opportunities we have to lead the green transformation, to push forward on you know, EVs, for example, to take our strong leading place in advanced manufacturing and future mobility and renewable energy. That's right there for us. Michigan has a right to it. But we need to make sure that we have you know, folks here in the state who can help us be the leaders in those areas. Um, the other thing that we're seeing uh, uh, in trend is obviously with remote work, folks um, sort of calculus of why they might move somewhere is changing a little bit. So folks might prioritize natural beauty a little bit more than they did in the past. And we have obviously the world's longest freshwater coastline. That can't hurt. So us telling that story and making sure that it's part of a comprehensive story that also includes placemaking and economic growth, all the other commitments we're making to drive more of those young folks, um, you know, back to Michigan, young families, young workers, recent graduates, um, you know, we need to make sure we're making the case um, to bring them home. Yeah. And, and I think you're obviously consider yourself an example of a boomerang kind of. Yeah, you know, I guess. so. yeah. <laughs> you, you went away, came back. But I also think uh, and I've mentioned to you before about that author, uh, Parag Khanna, who was on the podcast before, who wrote a book just about move. And, you know, he's very bullish on uh, Michigan, actually. But, yeah. you know. But you're right. You 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 need to make sure there are filters and how we do it so that you don't have shortages of housing or, right. you know, you can't have some areas build up too fast or, you know, like all those things happen. Kind That's of what I'm so grateful for with this comprehensive approach. We do have the benefit of being able to bear witness to what has happened in other places. And again, being by the like by being the first move here, the saying out loud, we're going to take this on comprehensively. We get to look at those things and say, okay, this community did a great job at growing population and 
They ran into this and that snag. They saw unaffordable housing. They lost their grasp on cost of living, for example. So we can get ahead and make comprehensive recommendations that account for some of those challenges to ensure that we're protecting some of the things that we love about Michigan, like protecting our natural resources, you know, protecting our cost of living and our relative affordability. We can be thoughtful about that while we're also pursuing growth strategies that, you know, can retain and attract folks. And we couldn't do that if we were taking a more kind of siloed approach. So I'm another reason I'm really grateful for folks' feedback. They're telling us not only, you know, what they're hoping for in population growth, but things that we should look out and be concerned about um, that we need to address in our recommendations. So you're sort of completing like a holistic audit first before you start plunging in too fast. That's right. However, as you know, the recommendations are coming out oh, in, yeah. in I, summer. So it's all happening at the same time, everything all at once. But, um, you know, it's been such a great process and it does mean so much to have, um, you know, the governor willing to say, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to do this and we're going to be the first. And um, I hope that that means an even brighter future for Michigan. Um, the last couple of questions are uh, one and is like you've had an interesting career, but uh, what would you go back and give your, you know, Erie Mason High School Eagles? That's right, uh, the Eagles. Yeah. What what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self today? Yeah. I mean, this is so trite, but, um, you know, I think at that time, you know, it was I grew up in a smaller community. I had a great upbringing. I'm so grateful to my parents for all the opportunities that they afforded me. But, you know, as a small, small community, And I think I didn't realize all the opportunities that were out there, what all the possibilities were. And so as I've gotten older, the thing that I've, you know, always followed to each of these careers through these wild pivots, you know, from sort of public policy into tech and now back into a role like this is that, you know, I'm committed to solving problems that matter. And everybody's sort of assessment of what matters and what compels them and what drives them is, of course, different. But being really committed to following that, even if you can't totally see the full path in front of you, has served me well. Um, and uh, I would certainly recommend that to others. Um, we all have to spend a lot of our life hours working. So getting the opportunity to do something that matters, that we care about, that we believe in, um, has been a gift to me. Um, and last thing I'll say about that is, you know, one of the tasks here is to tell our story to a younger generation. And we're seeing a younger generation make those purpose-driven decisions about how they want to spend their life hours all the time. So I think, you know, we're already seeing folks begin to sort that way. And we need to tell Michigan's story in that context as well about, you know, the kind of future we're going to build together and Michigan's role in it. Yeah. You know, I asked that question actually before your organization even existed, Yeah, because I always thought that was pretty relevant to not just. I don't know if a high school kid's going to listen to this podcast, but you know, their parents might or someone else might that might influence somebody else. And everyone's advice is always a little different on that question, but it's always, always valuable because, you know, it's all the things you kind of, what if kind of stuff. And you know where, what if would have taken you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I recognize, you know, that it's a sort of, it's from a place of relative like privilege, being able to follow your passion and get to pick. But because I think that's important, it's, it's why I think some of this pre-K work, for example, we're doing and some of this higher ed affordability work is so critical, right? So that everybody gets a shot to be able to follow those passions and dreams. I think that does better for Michigan and also for our role in the whole world, right? Because we'll be making more things, we'll be innovating, we'll be creating the future like Michigan has had a role in for, for so many generations. 
And that, that sort of dovetails into your last question is, what do you yeah. like? Do you have like a favorite thing you like doing in Michigan Festival or maybe it's down in Monroe You're, still? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the apple orchards uh, oh, yes. in Monroe County. <laughs> so I do like to, to still go down there and visit. Um, we're going to make a swing down there, I hope, a high school swing to, to get some feedback from young folks here soon. We have, um, what do I love? I've always loved Detroit. I worked for the DGC briefly when I was in grad school and really fell in love with Detroit's architecture. We have Pistons season tickets. I love basketball, so I love going to Pistons games. Um, I, I'm so happy to be a Detroit res- resident. We're in Indian Village. I love being able to you know, get on the bike with my kids and be downtown in eight minutes. Uh, I couldn't do that in Brooklyn. I had to ride a subway for 45 minutes. <laughs> so the quality of life can't be beat. Um, and I love uh, spending the summers like all uh, good Michiganders, you know, who get the chance on on a lake. So uh, we've been lucky enough to to go up to Elk Lake uh, and and Elk Rapids since I've I've been back here in the state. And and that's such a gift that um, you don't get everywhere. Yeah. The uh, and that's a long drive, by the way, too, to go down. Yeah, it's four hours, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I just wanted to again say uh, thanks for uh, taking time to talk to us today. Again, our guest was Hillary Doe. She's the chief growth officer for the state of Michigan. She's working, I believe, are you technically under the MEDC or are you? That's different? right. Yep. I'm an MEDC. Um, the Boring Michigan Together Council is housed at LEO. So again, it's a, it's a group project. Okay. Well, again, thanks again for doing the show. You've been a pleasure and I look forward to working with you in the future. All right. Thank you so much. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.